It's actually an epic. Epic. It's, it's an ep- epic. It's an epic. And, and it's actually in, written in epic form. Oh, well, what's epic form? Epic form means you sort of start the story towards the end of the story. Then you go back in time and you tell the history of how you got to that point, And then you tell the end of the story. That's epic form. And it's written in epic form. Did you know that or did you look that up? No, I knew that. Oh, I'm I knew impressed. it as I was reading it. Oh, I'm impressed. Welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Mayer, and today I'm sitting in my PJs, hanging out with my husband, Jeff, who's agreed to come back for his second visit. Thanks for having me back on, Amy. Super excited to be here. So uh, today we're going to talk about two books. The first is Under the Wave at Waimea by Paul Thoreau, and the second book is the Final Revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. But before we um, get into those books, we're going to talk about a show that Jeff really likes. So, Jeff, why don't you tell us about the show that you've been watching that you really like? Well, before I get into the show, I'm going to tell a little story. So, when I was in grade 8, I had surfing posters all over my wall I gave myself the nickname Surf. I was surf obsessed. I went through a full sort of like, I even like put sun in in my hair and tried to look like a surfer. And I've always loved surf culture and like there's something about surfing that I find like just super, super cool. So Wait, hold on. I just had a memory. When I first met you, you have a scar on your leg. I did. And I asked you what that was from, and I'm still not even sure that I know, but you told me it was a... Did you tell me it was a shark bite from no, surfing? No, It is a surf injury. It was from surfing in Australia on a board I should never have been on. <laughs> Some of my buddies bought, like, a really short board, and we were on a rugby tour in Australia, and I went surfing on it, and I wasn't good enough, and it cut my leg open. Oh, so it wasn't actually a cool story. I no. don't think you told me that the way that story that way, though, when I met you. I feel like you had some, like, quest or journey to, like, impress me. I don't know. Anyway, okay, so back to the, the posters in your room. Yeah, so I've been surf-obsessed, like, lots of my life, and okay. I still have some of that in me, and I love, love to surf whenever I get the opportunity. Um and I love like watching big wave surfing. Like I love watching surfing on on television. I think it's amazing to watch and live, obviously. So the hundred foot wave is the story of Nazare and surfing the biggest wave in the world, and the people who basically figured out how to surf it. And it's just it's an amazing documentary. It's so fun, and it's just so. Uh, rich, the colors and watching the surfing and, you know, watching these guys figure out how to, how to surf the wave and just the whole drama around it is really, really fun. And it's watching surfing in Nazare is just amazing because it is a truly massive wave. Um, 
this is this show's on HBO for those that want to watch it, and it stars it's Garrett McNamara. That's the guy's name. Yep. And uh, the thing I'd also say about this is there's not a lot of shows that you and I actually like, and I haven't watched all of it, but I enjoyed watching it with you. And I also think teens might like watching it with their parents and probably you know it's kind of hard to find something. We all want to watch. It's good. it's it's also just a really interesting sort of character depiction of Garrett McNamara. It follows his entire career, and he is a very very driven, very like highly motivated surfer. It's just really interesting to watch him, you know, struggle with his age and everything else. It's 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 about more than surfing, but it's yeah, it's really great. And his wife is in on it. Like she's helping him and he's risking his life like she's his spotter she she's his teammate you know big wave surfing is a team sport and she's his prime team member and do they they have children right they have children yes i can't how many do they do you know Uh, i think two or three just and they're little kids and it's like the it is by far the most dangerous sport in the world these guys are you know they get pummeled by these waves, and they're just dragged under the water for minutes at a time. It's quite fascinating. So let's let's talk about the book, because this is a segue into the first book. And I actually feel like Garrett, in some form or another, appears in this book, or some of the potential events. But um, this... No, he's actually in the book. Oh, he's actually named he's in the named book. He's named in the book. Oh, is he? Okay. Um, okay, so this book is called Under the Wave at Waimea by Paul Thoreau. And what it's about, it's about a professional Hawaiian surfer named Joe Sharkey. And he's 62 years old and he's completely, well, he's washed up and he's got issues. But the old guard or even new people just worship him. I mean, there's a the whole legend around him. And then other people just sort of see him as kind of sad. It's kind of, and he's grappling with things. And what happens is he is involved in a terrible accident and accidentally um, kills someone. And so this book is about how his life kind of unravels or unfolds after that event. And so, um, but before we talk about the books. I'm going to throw this over to Jeff. I wanted to talk a little bit about Paul Thoreau himself. Um, So he is 80 years old. He's written 52 books and he has won so many awards that I'm just not even going to list them here. But um, I think this is, I bet you don't know this, Jeff. He's actually even more known for his travel writing than he is for his novels. And he's the author of a book that I've heard of but don't know, and it's called The Great Railway Bazaar. Um, He wrote The Mosquito Coast, which was a popular movie with Harrison Ford years ago, and it's been remade into a show on Apple with his nephew, Justin Theroux. Great show, by the way. Very, very fun. Very well done. You recommend that? I recommend that. Um, so, but a little bit about his background. After he finished college in the early 60s, he joined the Peace Corps and was one of the first groups in the Peace Corps. It was brand new at the time. And he ended up in Malawi and he got super political and ended up helping a political opponent of the prime minister escape to Uganda. And he was expelled from the Peace Corps, expelled from Malawi. And he went on to have a very interesting political life. He and writing life. He lived all over the world. I think he kind of lived maybe the life that when I first met you, you thought you might live that kind of just 
So, yeah. yeah, like travel saying, around, have adventures. I mean, that's what all of his books are about. They're kind of like, you know, I'm going to go do interesting things and see the world and, uh, you know, not worry about money and, and uh, the things that most people worry about. That's the types of books he writes. Yeah. So he's had this amazing career and this book is set in Hawaii where he actually has lived off and on. He lives, he spends about half his time in Hawaii and he's lived there for 30 years. And so I think that really, that's one of the reasons I actually haven't read any of his other books, but it just seems so realistic. So um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Jeff. And what, what did you think about this book? Well, I'd never read any Thoreau before and I just loved his descriptions of things. He is a journeyman writer and I just love reading his you know, sort of very deep descriptions of what life in Hawaii is like and even like what the foliage is like. He he gets into really, really minute detail and he really brings the world to life through that. Um, I I thought it was a very interesting book because in the beginning, it's all about surfing and this uh, character Sharky's sort of amazing surfing career and, you know, sort of, I'd say... 15% of the way into the book, I'm like, okay, is this all there is? Like, he's like, I love surfing. I could talk about surfing all day long, but you know, it kind of got a little bit repetitive and I'm like, okay, that's this great surfer. Fantastic. And then he has this crisis where his life kind of unfolds and you see who the real Sharky is and he kind of figures out who he is. It's really about this very, um, immature individual figuring out who he is and going through maturing at a very late stage in his life in a very difficult way. And it's lovely. Just a, it's a beautiful story. Like I think it's really, really well written and fun and, and, uh, and also just quite heart heartwarming. That's interesting. That's, that's a good point. He's forced into evolving. Like he's, he would rather not. He would have preferred not to. He'd love to just kind of go off into the sunset as the great Cherokee surfer and have lived his life for surfing. But he realizes later in his life that he actually can't, like he just can't do it. He has to build some connections to other people and have relationships and things that he just has never had to do throughout his life. You know, one thing I thought about this book, it makes it in a way old-fashioned and it's just kind of interesting, is, okay, most of the book, you know, there might be other writers that can kind of do what he does, but it is a saga, or it's a, an, it's just goes... It's actually an epic. Epic. It's, it's an epic. epic. It's an epic. And, and it's actually in, written in epic form. Oh, well, what's epic form? Epic form means you sort of start the story towards the end of the story. Then you go back in time and you tell the history of how you got to that point, And then you tell the end of the story. That's epic form. And it's written in epic form. Did you know that? Or did you look that up? No, I knew that. Oh, I'm I knew impressed. it as I was reading it. Oh, I'm impressed. Um, so I think the thing that I thought the middle part of the book he they flash back to his life and he, they go into every detail about every bad thing and good thing and anything that's ever happened to him from his childhood and that's kind of rare now to like go that into that detail but it really made for a rich novel Thoreau goes into great detail 
Yeah. He's such an experienced writer. I've never read a book where they, they go into this much detail and you're not bored by it. Like no. It's really everything. It's so rich. Yeah. You know, but okay. The other thing we do have to talk about is, um, is women in this book. It, I really was conflicted. I, I really like this book too, but women uh, are not presented very well in this book. Do you have thoughts on that? And what are your, what are your Yeah, thoughts? I think is he's kind of a bit of a misogynist at the beginning of the book, but by the end of the book, he's not so much. And so I had struggles with how women were depicted in the book as well, but I think by the end of it, it kind of uh, is essentially arguing that that's not a good stance. Like misogyny is not a, it's not a healthy way to live your life. That's essentially the theme of the book. So. Oh, you felt, you felt that that was addressed. I felt like it was, you know, his, his lifestyle and kind of how he treated women and his, it, it just kind of all blew up on him. So I don't think it was seen as positive by okay. the end of the book. Yes, okay. I think that's a true statement. Um, and then also Hunter S. Thompson makes a, a lengthy appearance in this book, and um, which I thought you'd probably used to talk to me about him. And what did you think about that? I I thought it was actually great. I mean, it's kind of Sharky's living every man's kind of dream of what they think they'd like to live their life like. And Hunter S. Thompson is an individual who's at the extreme of how every man would like to live their life. Yeah. And so it brings these two characters together in a way that, you know, kind of almost seems real. Like, it seems quite natural. It actually seems like they might be people who would have been friends, you know, in reality. So it, it worked, I thought. So Paul actually knew Hunter S. Thompson, and apparently he's known for doing this. He'll, he'll weave in real people, family, friends, famous people into his books, and sometimes he gets in trouble for it because it's fiction. So, like, there's an example where he had someone go to a dinner party and say something they shouldn't have said, but it was all fictionalized. And so it's kind of a hallmark of, of something that... He does. And do you, have, do you have anything else you want to talk about with this book? Are we good on I this thought book? it was excellent. Yeah, okay. really, really fun. And uh, no, I don't have anything. I think, um, yeah, I think it was great. So, okay, so let's go on to the next book. And uh, Jeff read this book. And the book is called The Final Revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. And uh, what do you have to say about this book? So this book is about uh, Opal Jewel and Nev Campbell, who are a rock and roll duo in the 1970s. And Opal Jewel is kind of like a Grace Jones-ish character, I would say, and Nev Campbell's like maybe a poppier David Bowie. And they're, um, the story is all about, you know, their the history of kind of their... Um, their rocket to stardom in the 1970s and and about how they took off. Um, the thing I like the most about this book is the device of the way it's written. So it's all it, it the whole entire book is told from the voice of Sonny Curtis, who is a journalist for Oral Magazine, and Oral Magazine is a oral history of rock and roll. And so the whole story is told as an oral history of Opal and Nev. And it's written as though it were, you know, in this magazine. 
And um, so it's written like a magazine article. It's written like an oral history, and and the the magazine is actually an oral history. So oh, okay. so it is actually written as though it were the magazine, but the magazine is an oral history magazine. Okay, so, got it. And when you, I, I listened to it on Audible, which was a really neat experience. It actually took a little while to get used to because it's an oral history, and they have different people telling different parts of the story and actually saying the voices of the people. So. It's not like being told a story. It's like listening to real people telling their own oral history. And so that device was really neat. Like I found it super interesting. So to did listen. you think like you're listening to a documentary? Is it that what you're saying? It sounded like you were listening to a documentary, but it's not a documentary because it's fictional. And so it oh. took a while to get used to listening to it because it's not like listening to a regular story. But once I got used to listening to it, I actually loved that whole, um, yeah, that device, because it made it seem so real. And so, you know, the things that I loved about this book, it gives a very, very sort of rich depiction of what the rock and roll scene was like in the 1970s. It's very detailed and, and just fun, and there's lots of sort of crazy characters around and lots of drama, um, you know, behind stage at these rock and roll shows. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that was very fun, and, and um, the characters are very believable, and um, yeah, just the whole depiction of the rock scene was quite quite uh, interesting and, and felt very real as I was listening to it. Um, I like the characters a lot, um, but I found, you know the book got a little repetitive towards the end. It focuses very heavily on the themes of uh, gender and race inequality. And I thought it did a really good job at depicting what those issues were like in the 1970s. It was clearly, you know, much worse than it is now. Not that it's fixed, but it's, you know. Um, but I felt like by the end of the book, it got very repetitive and I was getting a beat, bit beaten over the head with those themes. And so I started to lose uh, steam on it towards the end of it, even though it's a super good, I, I enjoyed it. Is it, just, a long, is it a long book? Um, it's, I'd say it's average. It's an average length book, but yeah. And then what about, um, how would you compare this to Daisy and the Six? Because that's what there's been comparisons Oh, made. Daisy and the Six is much more fun. Like I, I love rock and roll, you know, novels. I think they're super fun. Like yeah. I, I just love, you know, the combination of music and literature and um, Daisy and the Six is just way more fun. Like it's way more, uh, it, it's lighter and kind of Opal and Nev can be a little bit dark. I think it's, it's, you know, Opal's a very um, conflicted and challenging character and she's cares very much about right and wrong. And so that, you know, comes out in how I feel about the book because it's just, it's a little bit dark. Daisy and the Six was a lot more light and fun. Daisy and the Six was an escape. Yeah, this, the and Opal this, and this, Dev is not an escape. So it sounds like um, a clever literary device is used to, and also to talk about important issues. Yeah, very important issues, um, but it's a lot more heavy-handed than something like Daisy and the Six, for sure. Do you think this would be good? I read that this is one of the top kind of audiobooks to listen to right now. And would you think it would be just as good to read it? 
I would read it. I would listen to it because I thought the audiobook experience with this, you know, I think there's some books that are really good as audiobooks and other books that are better to be read. I I've, think learned, I've learned that through better this as an audiobook because of the whole experience of hearing different. Isn't it different actors? Telling, it or, is. Because that's unusual. Because usually when you listen to audiobooks, they hire, like, I'm listening to one right now. I'm reading um, Great Circle, which has been shortlisted for. Um, the National Book Award, but it's one person, and she can do a British accent. She can do children. So that's how most of them. And are. that's how most of them are. Um, but you, this, this one, they're you, using probably I'd say four or five oh. uh, um, speakers. Okay. And they will do slightly different voices. You can tell it's the same person, but you you know, but the different um, the different character voices lends itself very well to the whole oral history part. And so it feels very real when you're listening to it. I, I'm not sure it would have the same richness if you were reading it as listening to it. Okay. Well, that sounds good. And do we know anything about Donnie Walton? I'm just looking her up right now. We should, we should, know, we should have known this beforehand. I'm curious if this is her first book. It is. Oh. This is her debut book. Oh, cool. Oh, she got her MFA from the Iowa Writers' Workshop and holds a journalism degree from Florida A&M. And she's young. Um, and so this is her first book. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, anything else you want to say? No. Okay. I enjoyed both books. I certainly uh, liked Under the Wave of Moimea a lot. I thought that was a great, super fun ride. Yeah, that's. I I, I agree. I, and I like that too. I mean, one of the cool things about this podcast, I've been like, I wouldn't have picked this up, but I did, and I'm glad I did. And I think I'm going to read more by him. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read more by Thoreau for sure. I loved it. I thought it was great. And he's got a um, huge backlist of books to choose from. So, um, and okay, so you're going to come back in a few months and we've actually already selected the book. Oh, I'm very excited. Do you want to tell him what the book is? Well, it's Jonathan Franzen's next, next book. And Jonathan Franzen is probably my favorite author. The Corrections is one of my favorite books. So I think the book's sure. Crossroads. I think that's what it's called. And yeah, so we both we both love Jonathan Franzen. And he doesn't come out with books that often, so it's kind of a big Very deal. And, um, and then we're also going to touch on, uh, he writes in a genre that some people call hysterical realism. And there's another author that you really like. Eggers. Oh, I thought it was David Foster Wallace. Oh, David Foster Wallace, I love. Yeah, yeah. and we could talk about um, Eggers too. But and he, which book are you going to talk about with David Foster Wallace? It was like not Infinite the, Jest. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it'll be a book by him. So, <laughs> the broom in the system. It's called the. Broom oh, the broom in the, the system. The broom in the system. I don't think it's going to be a crowd pleaser, but Jeff is convincing me that no, it has its merit. Play. It's yeah. A great book. Well, okay. Infinite Jest, for those who do or don't know, is kind of a um, talked about a lot. It's a book that um, it's seen as a very intellectual book, but who's actually read it? I don't know. And it's the size of a doorstop. And um, he is an amazing writer, but who actually has read that book? If you haven't, have you read it? You haven't read Infinite Jest? No. I actually have it at home. I don't even know why I have it. But I, I don't plan on reading it anytime soon. So I think it's pretty challenging. Oh, yeah. It's, it's known as a really challenging book. Anyway, okay. So thanks so much, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thanks so much uh, to Jeff for coming back on the podcast. And I wanted to invite you back um, on November 12th. We're going to talk to 
to my friend David Gates about uh, fantasy fiction. And we read a book, and actually both of us didn't like it. It's the first kind of not positive review that I'm going to be giving, but I think part of it's my fault, and I'll explain more in when we talk about it. Um, the book is called The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley, and one of the things that I did, I um, ended up listening to it on audio, and it was too complicated to do that, so I'll get more into that when we meet again. So thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.